Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 500 Mile Podcast. My name is Justin Kolb, and it's no longer just me rambling to myself anymore. I actually have a guest here, um, Michael Skinner. You can go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, I think you introduced me for me there, Justin. Hey. I uh, appreciate you having me on and excited to talk some NASCAR. Indeed. So uh, if you don't know Michael, uh, me and him work together had a small um, production studio for iRacing back in, what, 2016, 2017? Me and him did yep. some commentating, and uh, yeah, he wanted to talk some racing too, so um, expect to hear his voice going forward on this podcast, and uh, yeah, so we uh, already did a little bit, had a good conversation, so uh, this next uh, hour or whatever it is, we may go into a whole ramble here based off what we just went through. So uh, looking forward to it and really looking forward to talking about what we saw this weekend because, uh, good lordy, was it a great show from the Saturday event to the Sunday. Um, I'm going to start out with this. Arguably one of the best races we've ever seen at Auto Club Raceway um, for the Sunday show. We'll get more into that, though. Um, just precursor of things to come there. Of course, we want to start out with the Xfinity race. Um, Michael saw it from the TV end. I was there in person. Um, first off, I just want to point out that I'm sure a lot of you know that with Xfinity, those crowds aren't very good for the most part. You kind of like, I don't know if it's, you know, talking point, but for the most part, you see a lot of the times you look into the stands on TV and you don't see a lot of people there. That was not the case this weekend. They had, they did have the exit to turn four and the entry to turn one closed off, so you couldn't sit there. But the whole, pretty much middle section was filled with people, and uh, I absolutely loved to see that. Um, another thing to note with that, by the way, um, I don't know if it showed on TV, Michael, but very windy there. We saw it a lot in qualifying and practice. Um, yeah, it it did stop in portions during the race in uh the xfinity race but i towards the end it really started picking up again um probably the coldest i'd ever been at a uh a race in california really? but yeah once that wind picked up man it was uh it was pretty bad plus it uh chat my lips pretty bad it was uh it was not fun from the stands but it seemed like it was a good show from the tv end of it you had uh joey and ryan to listen to yeah they uh they definitely did going back to the uh, the wind wise, they definitely did a good job of, of you know, letting us know that during uh, the both the practice and the qualifying session, um, you know, as reasons why, you know, maybe some of the guys were having a hard time, um, you know, getting getting a hold of the cars, but the crowd looked great, um, especially for an Xfinity race. I don't know what the prices were um, compared to what they used to be. Uh, I know you you travel over there quite a bit. It so was... I'm curious to see what the price comparison was, if it was a little bit cheaper um, what the price difference between Saturday and Sunday was, if that made a big difference? It was not too bad, actually, at least from when I bought it. Um, and granted, I did buy it directly from um, NASCAR themselves. It was one of those times where they call you and they're like, you want to renew tickets? And I was like, well, I guess I have you on the phone, so sure. Um, Xfinity, $20 for the day. Um, but the great thing about Xfinity is you get to sit wherever you want. It's general admission. So um, for the cup race, I usually sit right at the front straightaway. For the Xfinity race, we sat um, exit of turn four and way up, could see the whole track um, right in front of the Brandon Jones incident. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, $20 for Xfinity, 35 for Cup. So not a huge difference. And that's kind of why I recommend that you go to Xfinity when you can because, A, you're supporting that series, but also it's not that much more, you know, it's cheaper and you still have a great time because there was like, like I said last week, there was a lot of stuff to do 
on that Saturday event just at the track alone. So, um, but yeah, racing that was actually going to be that was actually going to be my next question was you know what kind of track amenities um, they have this year. I normally uh, make it over to the Daytona for the Daytona 500, but I, unfortunately with work I couldn't make it this year. So, um, you know, but it seemed like a lot more people so far. I know we're only I would say two and a half races in if you want to count the clash, but it definitely seemed like NASCAR is kind of on an upswing uh, with with popularity again. Um, and I don't know if it's a different, if it's with the new car or, or, you know, if it's a little bit of marketing campaign, whatever they're doing. Um, but how was it, you know, outside track activities? Was it more like it used to be? Was it a little bit different? Um, what was the kind of feel and what was it, you know, going on during the, the two days? Completely back to normal. And obviously they didn't have a 2021 race there. I don't, th- I didn't go to any races in 2021, but um, it, it felt the exact same from 2021 or 2020. Like they didn't skip a beat. Um, they did have, it was cool. They had a little, um, I don't know if I can consider it a quarter mile. I don't know what it was, but it was a small little track. They had a bunch of kids racing on there. Um, actual USAC event. It seemed like I know Brexton Bush was over there at that point or, um, at one point over there racing. Um, they had that, they had a whole wrestling um ring there i don't know if they did anything on saturday but i know that they had some things going on sunday um of course at auto club you have a giant um like stage there where they do concerts they had a kyle larson q a that i was at on sunday um but overall the infield a ton of different food places to pick from um not like the uh the clash where they were kind of like all the same they were literally like you had your choice between king taco you had your choice between um barbecue but it was like i think it was called juicies or something like a gigantic truck that they had grills on um auto club is always a great place to go for fan amenities um i will say the facility itself is arguably a little outdated um just kind of the stuff they have at least from what you can see in the infield um at least for the fan amenities on the outside if you don't have like the vip passes that's that's a great place to be for the weekend always fun always stuff to do and Lots of good eats and uh, plenty of drinks as well. If you know what I'm talking about, they got a lot of bars over there. I know it was definitely nice to see, especially from my and watching on TV. You know, I always kind of look forward. Uh, you know, especially when I was you know in high school, a little bit younger, and um, you know didn't have didn't have so many responsibilities in life. But you know, you could wake up you know Monday morning after the race, and the next thing you look forward to was either Thursday or Friday. You know, practice. Um, you know, sit there and watch for a few minutes, you kind of get the lay of the land, you'd have the 10, 20 lap average. And, uh, you know, and I think you and I both kind of fall in the, you know, category of, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're huge fans, like we're not just the casual fan where we watch every once in a while, we invest, uh, you know, I'd say probably 20% of our life throughout throughout the year on watching every second of every broadcast, uh, and every race that you can actually go to. Safe to say, so, yeah. So it's nice to to see, uh, you know, even if it's just a little bit of practice, a little bit of qualifying, it's just nice to kind of get something back uh, to a little bit, you know, what it used to be to where you look forward to, you know, after work on Friday, hey, I'm going to go home and watch some practice, watch some qualifying, this, this and that. Um, and it only gets bigger when you add a truck weekend, you know, you get an extra day. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited for uh, the rest of 2022 season. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much miserable to not have practice and qualifying. Just, <laughs> yeah, just because you didn't get to see it, but also it didn't give you a good gauge of you know where actually everybody stood up um, in the field. Because obviously, yeah, you, the only, the only you thing they could do is simulation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you, 
you didn't get to be a nerd, you know, like you didn't, yes. you weren't sitting there watching, okay, what's a 10 laps average? You didn't look it up on your phone at the end of, in a practice. Okay. You know, did my guys here, you know, this person's there. So it's, well, uh, it's definitely nice to be back. I mean, let's, let's talk about that. If we're going to talk about the Saturday show, um, we'll talk about what happened before that on track. Cause obviously the cup car, well, technically Xfinity practice and qualifying were there first. I didn't see it. Correct. I was just driving up to the track. So I'm going to. I'm gonna go buy that just because the uh, the cup practice and qualifying arguably way more entertaining and uh, I don't know the proper word to use S- scary worrying worrying is probably the better word to um, use for that. Yeah, uh, I would say snap oversteer would be a pretty good word to, to you know kind of put out what Saturday was with the practices. Yeah, I think the uh, the best part about uh, not the best, but probably the most interesting part to me at least for Saturday was had we had just gotten there, we were parked outside of turn four, um, and all of a sudden I heard this hit, and then I saw a bunch of dust flying up from the uh, from turn four. So we had gotten there just as soon as Ross Chastain had his holistic or um, his hit, um, and that, that was a huge huge hit. Um, yeah, but I know I know everybody was kind of concerned over. Uh, you know, past six months or so when everybody kind of had that rumor going around on Twitter, you know, grateful to have social media, but sometimes it gets a little overboard about, you know, crash test track, uh, crash test dummies losing their heads in accidents, you know? Uh, So it was nice to see that the accidents that we have had so far, um, big or small, um, it doesn't look like the the drivers are um, faring too bad so far. uh, Cause that was a, I mean, that that's probably one of the biggest hits I've seen single car uh, in a long time. Yeah, safe to say. Well, I mean, that was the only big hit, I would say, of the uh, at least practice. I know that I'm not entirely I don't remember exactly what happened to Harvick. I know he had a little bit of damage. I think he had what spun out first 30 seconds of practice or something. Yeah, he he, he kind of did the same thing uh, as as Ross Chastain as as everybody else. But he he more or less backed it into the wall rather than, uh, you know, snap, you know, overcorrect right into the the barrier with with the uh, left front, yeah, or the right front. Sorry. Well, we had that, and then uh, well, we had like five more guys just just spin out. I mean, it's uh, we the last three cars in qualifying. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, i racing it. You can take it with a grain of salt, as I keep saying, but. Uh, Michael, I know that you've run it a little bit. The the cars just they're not forgiving. They just they, they they don't give you a warning is the best way I described it. With the old car, you get a little bit of a warning when it's about to snap on you. These cars, it just does it whenever it wants. You could be you could be off turn two at an auto club, you know, perfectly straight, and then all of a sudden, very last second, just all of a sudden snaps around on you. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh I don't know if it's you know the way the rear end geometry is now. Um, with it being independent, if that's what causes the the sudden snap, and having no no feeling compared to what it used to be, um, but it definitely it definitely once it goes, you know. Now I got, I do have to say that throughout the weekend, uh, you did see it improve. That a lot of the drivers mm-hmm. they either figured out how to just spin it out and kind of get out of harm's way, and there's quite a few times where cars did get sideways during the race and they were able able to catch them. So. Mm-hmm. I think as we go along, we'll continue to see, uh, you know, these guys are the, the best, you know, stock car drivers, you know, right now. And they're going to learn this thing and they're going to get better at it every week. So um, I would say, you know, come August, September, 
um, I think I think we'll see these guys be able to have you know a little bit quicker reaction time and uh, kind of understand what these tires are doing. Without knowing what you know now, did <clears throat> Saturday worry you at all for what we were about to see Sunday? Did it give you any sort of fear like, oh, this is going to be a, a terrible show? Or did you kind of have the expectation of, like you said, these guys are the best drivers in the world. They'll they'll figure it out or at least they'll they'll run tame enough in the beginning to where we won't have those issues. Well, I actually, honestly, watching it, I was, had you asked me in November at the Charlotte test, um, what my opinion was, it would have been completely worried. Uh, you know, these guys were spinning out accidents, um, feeling, oh, we can't feel anything. All of these things you're hearing and you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm worried that this is going to turn into what I think all of us uh, race fans kind of worry about as becoming too much of an entertainment sport rather than an actual just sport. Yep. Um, but the one thing that I do have to say is watching qualifying, uh, these guys, the reason they were reason they were spinning out during practice is because everything was new. Right. And then they learned a little bit. And the reason they were spinning out and getting into the wall on qualifying is because they were going hard, you know, to whereas the 550 package, you just kind of it just kind of sounded the same. Mm. It was the same. You you really didn't notice a difference. You could have looked at a good lap and the tenth place lap, and it would have looked the same. Um, yeah, you know these guys put it on the line. You know I think Chase Elliott was the first one in qualifying to go down to the apron, and the next time he did it, he spun out. So you know these these guys put it on the edge on qualifying, which was extremely nice to see, especially with a little bit of horsepower back. Um, and then it was nice to see into the race too. They took it easy. It wasn't just, you know, it's kind of like it used to be, you know, it's, it's, it's yep. a marathon, not a sprint to whereas when we got with the later, you know, rendition of the gen six lap one, they're five wide into turn one because the car is going to stick and they don't have anything to worry about here. You know, they tippy toed for, you know, the first 80 laps and like, okay, you know, once they got past two, uh, stage two, they're like, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of settled down. We can kind of go after it. And then you started seeing more and more of those mistakes. So um, I think this car, uh, you know, I, I just like we talked earlier, I'm going to put all my expectations um, and all of my feelings towards this car on hold until we see the checker flag drop at Phoenix. Uh, it's too early. The car's too new. Everything that all these teams know is completely different, you know, the only thing that's the same is the steering wheel that the race car driver holds. Everything else is different. The way the seat fits in the car, it's different. Um, so, you know, I think these guys are only going to get better. And I think the competition's only going to get better. Now, we're going to have times where a team's going to hit it, and it's going to win by six seconds. And we're going to have one of these races on, uh, you know, Sunday to where you don't know who's going to win it until the checkered flag flies. So, um so far, so good. Um, I'm optimistic, of course. Um, I think you are as well, um, especially being there. Um, you know, how did it sound? How did it sound uh, compared to what it used to? It, um, you know, it, it sounded a lot more throaty, I will say, at the Coliseum, but that was probably just because it was, um, you know, more closed in. At this track, I mean, it, it definitely sounded different, but it didn't sound dramatically different i will say and that just could be because you know i went to the clash and i kind of had an idea of what the car is supposed to sound like so it may have already kind of set in but um i mean they sounded mean they looked mean 
Um, obviously, there's some things we still have to work out with them, but um, yeah, in terms of sound, the best thing, I think, in terms of the sound, and you'll probably agree, it's nice to have off-throttle time back and a lot of it. I think I think the thing that I was, as soon as I saw it, and it's something that I used to fall in love with, is that fire that shoots out when they let off the gas. Mm-hmm. Right. You could see, uh, like, to me, I'm excited for places like Richmond. Yes. Um, Because I feel like Richmond was always like one of the biggest per, uh, you know, proponents of that exhaust flame, Uh, you know, because they were on the gas and they always arc. So you could always see them see the flame like going off into the arc. So I'm so excited for a place like Richmond um, under the lights to see that thing breathe fire out of both sides. So I'm I'm super excited. And that was that was so nice to see um, when that came back. So but overall, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad practice and qualifying is back. I'm greedy, um, as I'm sure most NASCAR fans are. I want more qualifying. I want more practice. Um, yeah. I think 15 minutes is too short. I think 30 yes. minutes is the perfect length. Yes. Um, and I also think that they should do two cars qualifying at a time. It'll help speed up qualifying a little bit, um, you know, and it'll you know give you a little bit more practice time. So I'm excited. Uh, like I said, it's nice to have, you know, my Saturdays back. And like I said, Fridays, when the truck races are on, we get some Fridays back. Uh, but yeah, it, it was nice. Uh, but yeah, the Xfinity crowd looked great. Um, as you said, it was super, super windy. Surprised it was it was as cold as what you were saying. Um, well, but as far as the Xfinity race, what, what was it like? Um, what was the atmosphere? You know, as you know, it's always different between the Xfinity race and the cup race. What was the atmosphere for the Xfinity race? You know, it was, it was okay. Of course, it's an Xfinity race. It's not gonna. It's not the main event. You know, you're not gonna get yeah. the same amount of people. But uh, the amount of people that were there, and you know, what was weird is I had more traffic coming in on Saturday than I did on Sunday, which was weird. But at the same time, we did leave. You know, I got there at eleven on Saturday, where we got there at eight o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. So that could have been part of it. But um, yeah, I mean. The crowd was, I was kind of in a, we were in a spot in the uh, the grandstands where it was kind of dead a little bit. Um, more people started coming in. I think it was more of the actual kids that were racing on that track that I had mentioned earlier. But um, the atmosphere was okay. Like Again, it was nice to look down um, the straightaway and see just the amount of people was were, that were there. That was, like I said, the biggest surprise to me. Um, but I, you mentioned marketing earlier. I think that the fact that we went to the clash first and then we went back to auto club really helped at even the Xfinity race. Cause I mean, you know, it, the, the tickets were cheap. Um, if you didn't have anything else going on on Saturday, you know, it's a, it's an event to go to and it was yeah. a fun one at that. Um, but I think that helped with the amount of people that were there and the race in general, I thought was really good. Um, you know, had a lot of action, a lot, of, a lot of racing. I will say there was one point in the race there, um, and I want to say that I was really glad to see Josh Berry race because I think he's my new guy in the Xfinity series. Um, it's hard not, it's hard not to like Josh Berry. Yes, well, I, I always go back to the race, and I'm still bitter about it, but it all works out in the end. I don't know if you remember this race, the uh, the race, the Richmond race in 2015, where he got his shot in the 88 car with Speedco yep. on the hood. <clears throat> And it never worked out. And I always heard that it was for sponsorship reasons. And I was always really bummed. So I was glad and he now, got another and, shot at it. And now you got to think that people are lining up to be on not only the junior motorsports car, 
but it's the eight car, you yeah. know, um, and the guy's cooler wheel man, never been to California before, goes out there and has a really, really, really good race, finishes top five. Um, you know, I don't think he led any laps, but he was up front. He came from uh, came from the back. So, you know, it's, it's hard not to it's hard not to like like Josh Berry. That's for sure. The biggest thing that I will take away with that is, yeah, he wasn't great to start the race, but obviously the team kept working on it. But I think that he, you know, got more as he got more experience, he learned as well. And that's what led him to such a great finish, because there were times where I think what probably stage one, I think he finished ninth or something like that. Um, And it was just he slowly got better. Um, And obviously the fourth place finish, he was the end of that race. That was probably the best he was running all day. So that was good to see. Um, but there was a point in that race where he, he was in like a pack, a pack of four cars. And I think Noah Gregson was probably there. I don't remember the exact cars, but I think that, um, Trevor Bain was in that mix at one point and it was probably midway through that race. It was just, it was so interesting to see because the cars just kept going back and forth with how they were racing each other. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember who, uh, who was it with Trevor Bain that, that just wouldn't let, wouldn't let, uh, Trevor Bain go. I think it was probably Noah Gregson because he and him were. Uh, well, I know they were going back and forth. Um, oh, it was Hemrick, Daniel oh, Hemrick, yeah, and right. uh, yeah, and and Trevor Bain went at it. I mean, they the leader at the finish line wasn't the guy who was ahead at the back straightaway, and the guy that led at the back straightaway wasn't the guy that was ahead at the start finish line. I mean, it was it was fantastic. It, it was I love California when they when they said uh, they were going to make it a short track. You know, it's one of those proponents to where the package, the uh, the Xfinity package has been great for the past what, three, four years. Yes. Um, ever since they went to this composite body, I think that's really changed, changed the game. Um, but it's sad when the, the cup package, you know, kind of dictates what is a good racetrack and what isn't. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that both races were fantastic. I mean, if, if you didn't like Saturday's race, then, you know, you don't know how good Cole Custer is at racetracks that are, really bad on the tires yes. you know you haven't you haven't watched him at uh chicago when they were there homestead i mean the guy was dominant homestead for two straight years you know california you know so if you didn't like that race because you know he led 92 laps i think it was um 80 laps then you know you just don't know what you're talking about so if that's your proponent for a good race then i don't know what to tell you but outside outside of cole custer i mean the race was race was great it's uh yeah nice to see and obviously I uh, I laughed I laughed because I think I made this comment earlier. It's crazy to see what a uh, you know that two mile can do when you actually give it a car that has power. So um, both both yeah, the Xfinity not... and the Cup. So I mean Xfinity was always good, but when you that uh, yeah I I think they wanted to do that just because everybody was sold on the five fifty package and once you take that away, it's crazy what Every... that track can uh, can put out. So, because everybody, everybody absolutely loved that 550 package. I voted for it every day. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. One one thing I do have to ask is, do you think, speaking of West Coast and what that you think the Coliseum brought to uh, Auto Club, do you think that they should do all of the West Coast races at one time, which they kind of are doing, other than uh, Sonoma? Do you yeah. think that Sonoma would actually benefit more if it was on this part of the schedule? I don't think so. Um, really, only because it, 
those tracks are in such close proximity to each other. Um, I think Sonoma is a little bit farther up. I don't know. I, I, I like this group of three. Um, I don't know how I feel about it being at the very start of the season. I think I'd like to go to Atlanta. Well, I say Atlanta, but they, they repaved it and they reconfigured it. So I don't even, I don't even know what to say about Atlanta anymore, but I think having that at the fifth race of the season, you know, I probably would have liked that more just cause it would have gave me a better, a look at the, the next gen car before I saw it live. Gave, you know, it would have gave me a better um, opinion of it probably, but you know, the second race of the season is fun. Um, but yeah, those... but you got to see the actual real performance of what it's going to be like. I know um, on most week weeks out of the year, a two mile racetrack to a mile and a half um, to even a mile um, at Nashville. Yeah. And I mean, it was a good product. I loved what I saw and we'll get into this more once we get into the cup, but great stuff. I mean, I'm, I was ecstatic with what I saw. There were so many times during that race where I just, I was mesmerized, mesmerized by the racing and was just like, I can't believe that I'm seeing this right now because it's, it's just such a night and day. De- like, you can't really get an idea of the differences between the 550 package and this new car with this new package unless you see it live at a track like that. Because, I mean, like, 2020 was good, but it didn't, it didn't excite me as much as it did as this race. And even 2019... So so what you're saying is you did not take a nap at halfway. I did not. No, there was times where I got tired, but that was only because I went to bed at pretty much midnight and had to wake up at five in the morning <laughs> the next morning. So yeah. it was just uh, I did that twice pretty much that weekend. And um, the uh, yeah the weekends I I have to catch up on sleep. It's going to be this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah. But um, no, it was um, it was it was great. And uh, we have a few more things to talk about with this Xfinity race because we have a ton to talk about with Cup. But, um, yeah, great stuff. And uh, I am really looking forward to seeing what we have to come at uh, Las Vegas. So, um, really quickly, before we get off Xfinity, I want to talk about the uh, the Brandon Jones incident because it's not something that we see too often on a track, and especially at a track like Auto Club with as big and wide as it is. Um want to get your opinions on when you first saw it go down obviously um from tv it seemed like they had cut to when they had or he had already hit um yeah but um was it did it seem concerning on tv because it, it looked pretty bad at least from in person but i want to know from a tv standpoint your initial thoughts when you saw a car sitting there um the one thing about i would say watching at home uh is you kind of have your emotions, I guess, of an accident kind of based off how the crew and the booth kind of play it off and also how it sounds, um, you know, going back to Saturday or uh, Saturday practice with the cup cars, like even on the broadcast, you could hear the one car hit the wall. Like it was loud. Yeah. You know, you're like, whoo, that, that's, that doesn't feel good. You know, um, to where as a Brandon Jones, they didn't do a, good job of of covering the full accident so you only caught it when the car was already stopped um, and they zoom in trying to figure out who it is um, and then they realize it's brandon jones and then there's no real urgency or uh you know there wasn't any like worry you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. that was kind of one of those things where until you saw the accident it didn't seem like it was it was a big deal um but super thankful that those barrels are there 
Yes. Yeah, you know, there's a reason that they're there. We a lot of times we wonder why things are in certain places. And that's why. Um, I, I think it was uh, Mark Martin in 2012 yep. uh, Michigan. at Michigan yep. that hit the pit wall, right? Yep. There's a reason that a lot of the racetracks put a wall there. You know, there's a reason Auto Club has a wall there to protect the pit crews from situations like that. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, I think it was Casey Kane at Pocono in 2013 15, that I hit think. the water yeah. that hit the water barrels uh, at Pocono. So um super glad that those things are there uh definitely would have been a, a extremely vicious hit um probably would have made the car you know u-shaped kind of like ryan newman's did at the daytona 500 so super glad those are there uh, broadcast didn't do a super great job of uh you know showing the severity of the wreck until you know you kind of got the slow-mo um and that's one thing i wish that they would do the full speed before the slow-mo because it always kind of reduces you know the feeling of how fast it is because you get the slow-mo version first and you're kind of like oh you know you know that's not too bad so you're already prepared for it to be kind of okay uh at the full speed um but i'm sure the sound was completely different at the racetrack and uh you know what it was like at the racetrack was probably different yeah and that's a good point about um the slow-mo because i never even really thought about that that really does kind of like reduce your I don't know, your take on the wreck. It looks, like you said, a lot. It doesn't seem as bad as it is when you see it on um, slow-mo. So. Yeah, and um, I think the biggest example of that was you know, Ryan Newman's wreck at the Daytona 500. Yeah. You saw it at full speed. Yeah, You saw it at full speed like three or four times, and then they slowed it down, and that's when you saw the massive impact you know, to the driver's side window, and that's when everybody was like, oh, no. Because you saw it in full speed, now you're seeing it at a thousand frames per second, and you're like, "Oh, that's this is not good." Yeah, you know. And even the booth kind of had that same. Everything was cool, everything was fine. Saw the slow mo, everybody's worried. Um, so I think that's one where they made a mistake on sometimes not showing how severe the accident is first before you show the slow mo. Yeah, and to this day, that's probably the scaredest I've ever been watching a NASCAR race. <laughs> Um, yeah, brought back a lot of memories, that's for sure. Yeah, um, but at least being there, I was pretty much sitting right in front of it, and I didn't see the initial part start where Sheldon kind of put it in a spot where it didn't really belong. Um, but I'd seen the caution come out, and I was like, I wonder what that caution is for. And I looked down, and yeah, Brandon's spinning towards that wall. And at least from the stands, I didn't even know that he hit quarter panel first until I saw the replay. And that was as soon as he hit, you know, um, the, the barrier or the, yeah, the barriers are down, everything like that. Stands were pretty much completely silent. Um, because you didn't know it looked like he had gone door first and luckily it was passenger side first, but still door first into those barriers. Um, and you didn't know, um, until I don't think we really heard anybody speak until that window net went down. Um, and that was a, a great thing to see, but obviously we knew past that, that, um, it was wasn't as bad as it could have been thankfully so um good to see that and obviously uh cole custer what a what an ass whooping he put on him and Noah gregson both uh did a very good job that race and um noah shot himself in the foot at one point with that penalty on pit road but i don't think i've ever in the wall before stage one yeah, well, I mean, more so that final, I don't know if it was the final pit stop, but close to the end when, you know, he had uh, that, he 
uh, went too far in his box, went back and was over the hose, went back a few spots. And I think what a half a corner or half a lap, he was already back to yeah. second or third. I don't know the if one, I've ever seen anything that impressive. The one, the one thing you can say about Noah is no matter what Noah will Noah. Yeah. He, 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 he will do something dumb. Uh, he's extremely entertaining. You know, I know a lot of people hate on the poor guy. Um, and he gets a lot of flack, but the dude's entertaining. He's funny, you know, and he has fun. You know, you want these guys to have fun, and that's what he's doing. You know, so it's a, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest Noah Graxon fan, but when the guy runs well and the guy wins, I love it. He does something, you know, he does something fun. You know, the guy's all over social media doing a good job for a sponsor. So um, I don't think the guy gets enough credit. Uh, but what about Trevor Bain, man? You know, out of the car for what three, four years? The guy comes back top equipment wins the first stage and and outruns what we all arguably think was the best car in the field yeah and i mean pretty much up there from drop of the green flag to the checkered flag obviously finished third and uh i mean it was uh it was a different looking 18 car i will say that so it wasn't as uh, familiar as i'm used to it looking but um yeah, he did a great job, was in the mix pretty much all day. Lots of great battles with him. And, uh, you know, at the, the 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 best part about it was I was listening to SiriusXM on the way home. That was probably the, the most excited and fun. Or, like, it, it seemed like he had a lot of fun in that race, yeah. which was great to see. And, um, obviously, he it had seven extremely... races in that car. Yeah. yeah, it was extremely, extremely nice to not see the 18 car in the backstretch wall. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I, I, twice speed in one weeks, day. Speed weeks, I saw it a lot. Saw it twice in one day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was nice. The 18 car on, on, you know, Sunday, it couldn't figure out how to get off turn two either. So it was nice to see an 18 car drive directly down the back straightaway without hitting anything or spinning out. So kudos to Trevor Bain. Super impressed. Excited um, for his next uh, adventure in the car. Excited for Ryan Truex to get his chance in the car. I don't know if you saw that uh, did, yeah. on yep. Twitter this weekend. So races, right? super, ex- yeah, super excited for for Ryan Truex. I don't think he gets enough uh, credit, um, and he does go by Ryan Truex Junior. Just so everybody knows, <laughs> loves it, calls it, you know, all the time. So um, super excited for that. I think uh, you know the the star car or whatever they want to call it this year. Um, as much as I love seeing you know Kyle drive and and go out there and win some Xfinity race. I love that these guys are getting an opportunity in a car that is going to win races, is going to be fast, um, and is going to be in capable hands. So that's really cool. I'm all for it. Xfinity race was awesome. Cole Custer, get that guy on a worn-out racetrack, uh, and the guy is just... I just, I don't know. He's hes just, he's, he's so good. You know, he put him... Uh, you put him, you put Kyle Larson, uh, Tyler Reddick, you even put, uh, I'll even give you Chase Briscoe too. Um, you put those guys in an Xfinity car on a worn out racetrack and they're the floor best. I mean, you can put, uh, you know, you can take Harvick, you can even take KB, put them on that racetrack and I'll still pick the other four. Um, those guys just know what their, whatever the background is. Um, Cause I don't know much about uh, Cole's background. I don't know if he, if he ran a lot of asphalt stuff or dirt stuff. But whatever whatever those guys are doing, they 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 certainly know how to uh, run the run the high side on those worn out racetracks. Oh yeah, 
Why don't we uh, Why don't we go through some standings here? Wrap up with that, and uh, obviously we have a lot to talk about for Sunday. So, real quick, we'll go through the top ten here for the Xfinity race. Obviously, as you know, Cole Custer, the winner there. Um, bad fast race car. Bobby Dodder got a win there. Good for him, man. Obviously, that car is prepared by Stuart Haas, but I mean, I, I don't think he really cares about that when he saw how big of an ass whooping he gave that field. So, right, we um, won't tell anybody if nobody else will. So, yeah. It was prepared by Bobby, Bobby Dodder. Good to go. You know, everybody kind of goes home happy. <laughs> yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, and then you got that. Noah Gregson, of course, came home second. One thing I want to call out with Noah Gregson, by the way, you had mentioned that he's entertaining. The one big takeaway that I take away from Noah with um, from last year going into this year was just how much he matured as a race car driver last year. Um, I think it was really Martinsville towards the end of the season. He gained a lot of my respect um, as a race car driver. Um, just with how patient he is, um, he's become, um, but also still keeping that speed, which was nice to see. He knows when to push it, but he's also, obviously he got the wall at the exit of stage or the end of stage one, but, but that, that's just Noah being Noah. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of like Larson, you know, back in like his early cup days, you, you knew he was going to hit the wall at some point in time. It was just how Larson was. So I, I, you know, that'll get better as, as he progresses, but. Speaking on that, that's one thing I, I completely agree. I think the big turning point for Noah was winning those, uh, what I think it was two or three races early in the 2019 season or the 2020 season mm. before the pandemic. I think, I don't even remember. His first year in the nine car, I think he went out there and won what, those two races. Um, uh, the Daytona uh, February race and then at Bristol where he uh, decided that him and the seven car were going to be teammates at that moment. <laughs> Um, so, and then he kind of went on that slump to where they got worse throughout the year. Um, I think that was a big growing part for Noah. And like you said, as soon as, as soon as he rolled that back around, I mean, the dude, dude's been on it. He, uh, he makes good decisions. He finishes. Yes. Um, and speaking of finishes, as we're rolling through, there's one name that I want to point out that has impressed me through the first, just, I know it's been two races, but has impressed me is the one car with Sam Mayer, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't, I don't know. Last year, the dude wrecked every race. I don't, I don't think, I don't even know if he, if he actually had a good finish that he didn't have a broken race car. I think he had a good finish at Richmond, but half the car was gone. Um, so, you know, his first two races have been patient. He hasn't been in any incidents, uh, you know, getting max points. So that's, that's another one that I think is on that same path of, I think he's going to be really, really, really good. Um, and somebody probably watch out for later in the year. Oh, yeah. And more importantly, I'm glad that it worked out with him getting the one car as well as keeping Josh Berry because that's uh, we saw it at that race. That team now, I I don't that's a that's a powerhouse team right there. I don't know if there's much beating that. Um, what was it? One, two, three, five. So that's uh, well, yeah, it, it. It took a cub driver and it took a Daytona 500 winner and new tires to, to break up. You know, I, I know, it, you know, kind of looking at it like that way is weird but like if you do think about it you have you know a, a full-time cup driver uh you know a past daytona 500 winner and anthony alfredo with new tires if it wasn't for that you have noah josh and sam right there yeah you know and again you have another you know past cup runner and aj amadino with a vast amount of experience breaking up the seven car so yeah they're they're definitely going to be they're going to be really really good especially i think when we get to the uh, lone Xfinity events. I, I think they're going to be massively uh, 
you know, top fives. Uh, I think they have the opportunity to kind of do like Hendrick did last year, finish one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. And then uh, one thing I want to point out, by the way, that I find pretty comical. Uh, Trevor Bain, of course, came home in third. Uh, I think my favorite part is that uh, the NASCAR.com site still has his picture from the 2018 season. So um, I'm going to have to get that updated at some point. But yeah, he came home third. Josh Berry, fourth. We already mentioned that uh, he drove just a great race, um, you know, learning from the very beginning. Um, very glad to uh, have seen him race i was gonna get a shirt but um the only hauler they had there was the uh for the rest of the hendrick guys and they had a little bit of merchandise for junior motorsports but they just had like one shirt for him so i was like if i'm gonna get one i'll get it somewhere else and i'll get a better one so um happy to see him happy to see anthony alfredo get a uh, a good run because i didn't even realize until josh had said something on the radio that anthony was on uh the fresh tires at everybody so when I heard that, I was like, oh, well, he's probably going to just take this win. So, but that red flag, that red flag where they, uh, where they had got a chance to cool down their tires. That was, that was ultimately the end of, of Anthony's yeah. chance there. So, uh, but Wait. nonetheless, great run for, uh, you know, our motorsports, um, good call, you know, cause they, they electively chose to stay out. I think they're one of like two or three cars that did actually elect to stay out under, uh, you know that the the caution before the final caution so uh you know gutsy call you know and and they almost got it right and you said speak or cooling down i just want to add on to that real quick i absolutely love auto club at night that is a magical place and cup needs to go back to running a night race there at some point i well, i, if I they did keep producing shows like that maybe we'll get a second date maybe well, we can just take texas throw it away and just have two auto club races. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't think we need two auto club races. We've already seen that that doesn't really work out too well. I had made the comment that maybe we should make it a Saturday night race, but I don't think that that really works out as well. So maybe like a Sunday night race, but I don't know. They'll, they'll work it out somehow. And the only problem with the not. Saturday night race is it would be so late on the East coast. Yeah. But that's, that's the biggest problem with the West Coast night races because I agree. I love Auto Club at night. I love Phoenix at night. I mm -hmm. love Vegas at night. I love race cars at night. So yes, if we could get more of that, that'd be cool. Um, but I'll stay up until one a.m. It don't matter none to me. There but I, uh, I, I certainly agree. Uh, night racing at, at Auto Club was was probably my favorite. All right, and just to quickly uh, wrap up the top 10 here, as you mentioned, Sam Mayer came home 6th, A.J. Allmendinger 7th. A nice recovery, by the way. just want to point that out. I know he'd gone down, and I can't remember the exact reason. I don't know if it was a flat or something, but um, I know he went down a lap early uh, and was able to make that up. So good run for them. Uh, Justin Allgaier, 8th. Riley Herbst, ninth. Um, good to see him crack the top 10. And uh, I expect big things out of Riley this year. I, I think he has the potential to do well. Uh, I still think he makes those, you know, rookie mistakes um, a little bit too often. He's in really fast equipment. It's going to perform well, has a huge sponsor behind him that it seems like no matter how he performs is there. Yep. Um, so I, I expect that his second year with SHR is going to be a big one. Um, and then Ryan Sieg, you know, 10th and, and Brandon Brown and 11th. Uh, you know, how do you not cheer for, how do you not cheer for those guys? You know, especially Brandon Brown had no right front fender. So, yeah. Great runs for both those guys, yeah. And uh, I'm hoping we'll see a lot more Ryan Sieg as well, because I know that um, 
I can't. I think 2021 he did pretty well. I think 2020 yeah. was like his breakout year though, and uh, yeah, it was great. To see, almost so. won. Uh, almost won at Atlanta. I think. Yeah. I think that was the year. Um, uh, the one thing I'm gonna say is, what was your? Who was your biggest breakout star? Uh, Xfinity for uh, Saturday's race, and then who was your biggest disappointment? Probably gonna have to be Brandon Brown because I'm pretty sure at one point that he was up there content, like not contending for the the lead, but he was up there in the top five at one point. It was nice to see him run well. I think he had spun out at one point as well, if I remember correctly. Um, but good recovery as well, coming back up to eleventh. Biggest disappointment. Gonna have to look through the uh, the list here. It's it's probably gonna be um, Ty Gibbs. Um, I know that he had spun out a little bit earlier. Thirteenth is not where I expected that team to finish. Um, they got speed, obviously. Um, they're gonna win races this year. It's not a question of if; it's a question of when. So to just show how fast that that fifty four car was to go along with the disappointment is he had no new tires. Yeah. So he he finished he finished thirteenth with the oldest tires you know in that area and finished 13th with it so that just shows how fast that car was yeah um but i think my my biggest disappointment i'm gonna do that one first is uh lane and castle yep because i mean how how can you not just everybody loves this guy finally gets a chance and good equipment got a huge backing got a big sponsor you know gets a full you know a full series and six laps in you know in my opinion runs over uh debris from the 21 car after he hit the wall and blew a tire that cut the oil line so that was that was my biggest disappointment um i'm actually going to go out of left field here and say uh at one point in time i'm going to give it to uh jeffrey earnhardt i think they have had an overheating issue um but at one point in time that 26 car was running eighth yeah um, on on speed so um that's really that's really good for uh the 26 car of uh sam hunt racing so i think that's going to be a car you can watch out you know for two it's you know it's got toyota backing it's going to have ryan trucks in it as well jeffrey earnhardt and it's a few more races um you know it's definitely going to have you know good quality drivers that i think can get you know top fives top ten so i'm looking forward to that too i think ryan uh uh, I think uh, John Hunter Nemechek's going to be in there as well, a few races. So uh, I think that's going to be a car to watch out for. It might surprise a little bit of people. Indeed. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up Xfinity. Uh, now we get into the meat and potatoes of the weekend. Uh, the the thing I was looking forward to the most, the cup race. And uh, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll just start with this. Um, and I'll start with you. Initial reactions for what we saw with the next-gen car with what was essentially its debut. I know that it ran Daytona. Daytona is Daytona. We can't base anything off that. This was pretty much its debut. Your reactions? Uh, fun. Uh, yes. it, it, it was nice. I, I, can't actually, I can't actually say what it was because it was almost... It was almost more refreshing. Yes, uh, that was the word I was going to use. It, it just, just refreshing. It was nice to see cars that drove poorly it was yes. nice to see cars that were not stuck to the racetrack um these cars are still more they still handle better than say the cot did um you know you just noticed it more with the cot because they had so much side force with the flat sides that they could get sideways and you could physically see it mm -hmm. um to where here it's more of walking on eggshells which that's also extremely refreshing knowing that these guys have to 
be at their best to drive these things. So um, super, super, super fun weekend. Um, really nice to watch. Um, as you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Kyle Busch fan, so my guy didn't have a great day. But Same when camp. you can, it's it's been quite a few years to where if my guy went out early, I kind of lost interest. Um, to whereas I've already noticed a difference like this year, you know, I, I watched, I watched the whole race. Um, you know, I was in tune to what was going on and my guy was struggling. So to me, that shows that I was fully engaged and fully entertained regardless of who I was watching. So, um, that's a big thing that was there is, uh, you know, even though my guy was, was out of the race, um, you're uh, not out of the race, but you know, out of, out of the running at, at that point. Out of contention. Yeah. Um, you know, it was still fun to watch. I still enjoyed it. I still, you know, loved watching, uh, Eric Jones up there in that 43 car. I mean, how, how refreshing yes. is it to see what I consider one of the best drivers in the cup series, you know, have a fast race car again. Um, and then man, Ricky Stenhouse for, you know, like the first half of the race, man, he was running top five, running top 10. He was on it. Um, and then Daniel Suarez at the finish, you know, had he ran the top, um, I, I don't know why you'd run the bottom there, but that's what he chose to do and, and the absolutely wrong time. But it was super, super nice to see those guys um, running up there. And what nobody paid attention to, I think, is there was a dominant race car. Yep. You know, and that's one thing that I think, you know, with the old car is everybody would just get lulled away by the dominant race car. All right, see you later. Bye. Because nothing else was going on. It was boring. Um, and some of that had to do with, you know, poor broadcast. But Fox still is not very good. They still show speed instead of, to, you know, intervals for whatever reason they think that's a good idea. I, I don't know anybody that cares how fast the first place car is at this moment and how fast Rick Ware Racing is at that moment. It does me no good. Um, so, you know, even with still being a bad broadcast, it was a fun race. It was fun to watch. I was, you know, in tune, you know, I couldn't stop watching it because I waited until the next person spun out. So it, it was nice. It was fun. Um, it was just like you said, man, it was refreshing. It was enjoyable again. It was fun being a NASCAR fan. And the you could tell by the crowd, um, uh, the viewership numbers, I think, I don't know if they came out yet or if they'll come out tomorrow. Uh, you know, I guarantee you it's going to be the most watched California race in the last five years. Um, you know, it was nice. That, that's all I can say is it was extremely nice, refreshing, fun weekend. Um, and I wish I was there. Man, it it's just been hearing you talk about the race. It's been so long since I've had a grin ear to ear talking about NASCAR. That was uh, that was one of the most fun races I've ever seen, especially at yeah. Auto Club. Um, but just in general, man, NASCAR is back. I think we have to say it. Obviously, it's, we're two races in, but I absolutely loved what we saw. And obviously, we can't let our expectations get too high. I think we have to take each race, you know, race by race. Um, but I was thoroughly enjoyed. I was I had the time of my life there because, as you said, there was a dominant car. And I even said to uh, I went with my dad. I said to him, I was like, well. Unless he gets screwed here, I think I know who's winning this race. And uh, lo and behold, he got screwed. So maybe I jinxed it. But um, that race from start to finish, um, it was. Uh, I was a little on edge at the beginning of the race, just waiting for someone to spin out. And as you said, Kyle was the first one to do it. Um, 
I didn't even realize this is going to be a full uh, Kyle Bush fan podcast here. Um, so don't say that too loud. People won't listen. Yeah, I was going to say, let us know if we show. Our- we, we totally love Chase Elliott. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll I especially like. I especially hated. I absolutely hated when his teammate drove him into the wall. Hated yeah. it. Yeah. How dare he? Right. How right. Oh, I, I just ridiculous. Totally did it on purpose. And Chase Elliott did not crash on purpose coming off turn two, even though he wore white gloves, made no attempt to correct it, and then drove off like nothing ever happened. Uh, completely did not do it on purpose. Terrible. He got ran into the wall. Worst race ever. Yeah. But yeah, this this new car. Um, I will say, I I made the comment. I will say it's a success as of right now. Um, my opinion may change as we get farther in. The one thing that we definitely have to fix, everybody's complaining about it, but um, we have to fix the inner or the not being able to drive away from a spin, being stuck. I actually, I actually, uh, while we're sitting here, I came up with the gr- best idea for it. Let's hear it. Do you remember Heelys? <laughs> yes. Right. What if they had little wheels that popped out and just lifted the car up enough to where it could drive off on the flat tires? I mean, that would take some engineering. I mean, but it's not a bad idea, you know? I've already heard that getting inner liners in those tires are going to be really difficult. Impossible, and I, yeah. Yeah, and I understand that. So, obviously, you can't do that, but we have to do something because you cannot you cannot have drivers losing two to three laps because they have to get towed back because they simply spun out and they couldn't, they didn't have enough momentum to get going. That is and the fact that towing actually hurts the diffuser. So yeah. it's actually breaking the vehicle and you're losing four laps. I mean, uh, flat out unacceptable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they fix it. Um, those guys are way, way smarter than I'll ever claim to be. Um, but I, at this point, I, I don't really know how they would they would fix it. Um, uh, GT cars, uh, you know, they manage to to roll around on flat tires. Um, I don't know if maybe, you know, get away from the tire being so thin, maybe add an inch back to it or so. Maybe that'll solve it and it won't be too much of a difference, but that'll be something that they choose to do, you know, next season. But for this season, I really don't see a way around it other than red flagging it or giving those guys their laps back. Yeah. Which I know NASCAR, they're not going to do, but yeah, they have to do something. But um, yeah, that was probably the only real issue I had with that race. Everything else uh, was great. Um, Want to point out as again, I was there that crowd uh, amazing, pretty much a packed house. It wasn't a sellout from what I heard, but pretty much looked like it. Um, and I'm Great. sure it was a lot better than it was the last time he went and the year before that. Yeah, safe to say, especially since 2020, there was a little bit of rain in the area, too. Um, I'm sure at the start of the race, it didn't look great from the stands just because there were a few sprinkles. Not everybody wanted to be out there. But um, yeah, great. Great weather, by the way. Absolutely perfect. I'm sunburnt. I can't wait to start peeling here in a little bit because of the sunburn. Um, just a beautiful day for racing um and a beautiful race we saw yeah it's, um it's it's nice to not have to worry about rain yeah <laughs> and i mean normally you have to do that in february yeah but luckily i will say luckily the rain was the week prior to um the actual race being run so while they were down in daytona yeah we had rain all this week pretty much so 
I'm glad we got it out of, got it out of the way um, during the week, Saturday, Sunday. Amazing weather. Um, the clouds kind of came out of nowhere with Saturday, I will say, for the Xfinity race. But um, Sunday, not a cloud in the sky. Perfect all day. Um, perfect day for racing. And yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know what more I can say other than I'm. Uh, I can't. I didn't think I would say this again, but I'm happy to be a NASCAR fan. I'm. I'm thrilled to be a NASCAR fan. Yeah, for sure. If if you know, I think if we could get, uh, you know, if we could get the sponsors a little bit more on board with the drivers, let the drivers have a little bit yes. more personality. You know, I don't, I don't think you know we. If you ask everybody on Twitter, you know, they're all gonna have favorite decades of what their favorite was, but nobody can deny that between two thousand and and nineteen ninety, those were those were the years. You know, and I and I don't think everybody wants to say that, uh, you know, NASCAR died with Dale. Um, I think what died was the personality. Yeah. You know, you had that, you had that black hat that everybody loved. Right. And then you had, you know, like Jeff Gordon, who everybody loved to hate, you know, and it wasn't because, you know, and you kind of, you kind of have some of those personalities now, but they're just not broadcasted to a broader audience. They're not on Saturday night live. They're not, you know, on doing this or not doing this every week, you know, before, you know, you know, these guys were out being household names. Now you, you don't have that. If you don't watch a NASCAR, you don't know who Tyler Reddick is. If you don't watch if you don't watch NASCAR or dirt racing, you probably don't even know who Kyle Larson is until he won a cup championship. So, you know, it's one of those things where I think the sponsors and even NASCAR, I think, needs to help push these guys out into the mainstream a little bit. Uh, I think I read this uh, quote from Jeff Gordon that says, you know, he wants these guys to go out and be more uncomfortable. Yep. You know, go do something you're uncomfortable with doing because it made add another spotlight to our sport that you don't know who is going to be brought in. Yeah. You which know, is, yeah. So which is... I think, I think that's, that's what we're missing is, is we're missing that personality, the atmosphere and just the, uh, you know, aura of these guys being, it, it's, this sport is still dangerous, you know, it's still dangerous. People still get hurt. All of that from the nineties and stuff is still there. The thing we're missing is we don't see these guys on commercials. We don't see them on TV. We need to get these guys out, let them have their personalities, let them have fun. If Kyle wants to be an asshole, let him be an asshole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, not going to change it. No, don't change it. Like, let him do that. Yeah. You know, like Michael Waltrip, everybody thought he was an idiot. So you know what he did? He went out when he was an idiot. He yep. still acts like an idiot. You know, is that who Michael Waltrip really is? Probably not. Is he funny? Probably. But is he that dumb as he portrays himself to be? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, so, but he played on that, made money. Look at all those Napa commercials. You don't see Chase Elliott out there doing that. Yeah. Let him have fun. These guys have personalities. You saw it a little bit with Chase Elliott. He was pissed off on the radio. Oh yeah. There's very few times where he cursed as bad as he did, you know, <laughs> there. So let let these guys have some fun. Let them show their personalities. But the sponsors need to just let these guys go out. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I wanted to add on, by the way, with um, you know, what we saw at uh Fontana with just the amount of people there and um you know the, how big the crowd was, I definitely think that the clash had a huge part in that. 
um, the fact that we went there first, and the fact that you got to start the month at LA, the Clash, and then end it at Fontana, I think was just the perfect pairing with that to bring all the people in. Um, and I think that's why we saw such a big crowd there. Um, and I, I just think that's what helped that race so much more. It, the, the energy, I will say, that it wasn't as big as it was at the Clash, but it wasn't too far behind, honestly. Um, everybody there had a great time from what I saw. Um, a lot of kids there. A lot a lot of LA Clash gear as well, which was really nice to see. But it seemed like there was a lot more of that younger crowd that we saw at the Clash. Um, more so, there was obviously, of course, your older people there that, um, you know, the longtime fans. But it seemed like it brought in a lot of the younger audience, which in my opinion, made the clash a success. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, and I am, and I'll put it this way. I was so looking forward to the clash that I wanted Alex Bowman to win. So it just didn't come back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when I first heard it, I'm like, God, I hope Alex Bowman wins. So we don't have to come back here. You know, I thought it was silly. I thought it was, you know, drive into the West coast, then back to the East coast, then back to the West coast. All we heard was, ah, oh, you know, NASCAR's trying to save these guys money. I admit right now, I was 100% wrong. I understand. I wasn't a big fan of the concert. I was like, man, it's not football. We don't need a halftime show. But I sat back as a fan, understood like, hey, we need to have some fun. You know, like we're, we're, we're sometimes too caught up and just we want to be a sport. You know, we so desperately want it to be a sport to where you're competing at the highest level, where we take it seriously. But sometimes you just take a step back and like these exhibition races are what bring in new people. They're met. They're what's fun. You know, I loved watching. I, I remember, I remember, you know, as a kid watching the T-Rex car, you know, oh, I wanted that T-Rex car, you know, there's, you know, I was, I don't know when the T-Rex car run was at uh, 97, I think. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. So I was five, I was five years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember that T-Rex car, though. You know, yeah. I remember when they crashed in turn one in 2001. You know, and they all got backup cars. Oh, yeah. It's fun. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, and that's why I took a step back. I'm like, okay, this is just fun. Heck, I, I wish they showed more of the concert on TV. You know? Yeah. So it, it was, I, I take back, you know, what I said. I, I understand why they did it. I'm excited for where they go to next. I, I hope that they find another place to go um yep. maybe do maybe maybe even do a road course event you know um you know something overseas you know heck i mean could you imagine the cup cars on like say mexico city yeah. how many fans would be there you know uh you know i think there's a bunch of opportunities hopefully by the time uh 2023 rolls around and they start making those decisions the world um will be a little bit better place with what's going on, unfortunately, right now in the Ukraine. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe COVID will be a little bit worse and maybe go overseas, man. I mean, could you imagine, you know, stock cars at, you know, Silverstone? Stop. You never know, man. It might be possible. The possibilities are endless at this point. Yeah, I think I, I think I had made the comment before that I don't think they renew for the Clash. And I, I still hold to that just because, I, I don't think that you can keep that event at the Coliseum with the as much success as we saw. You definitely have to move it around. But you also, I, I feel like if you are going to move it around, 
you kind of have to base another race in that same state around that because it seemed like it worked out so well to bring yeah. up those crowds. Um, I don't know where they bring it next. I, I, it could be out of state or out of country, and honestly, that's probably for the best because you get so many more eyes. As you said, Mexico City, one place that stands out to me is Canada just because of how loyal those fans are. There are a ton of fans in Canada, and yeah. you have a lot of great options there. Hell, you could bring them to Circuit Gilville News, which I think is a great spot for that, by the way. Um, that track is so much fun. Um, yeah. But you also well, have I mean, most... look at all the... Look at all the short track, you know, yeah. opportunities around. I think I think the biggest one is, you know, everybody wants uh, the fairgrounds back in Nashville. Mm -hmm. You know, you could you could legitimately hold the All Star Race at the Nashville Fairgrounds next week. Have it at Nashville Super Speedway. Yep. You know that that's just a, the you know you'd get two different different crowds. You'd get a little bit more. Have some concerts. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to have a concert in Nashville? Yeah. You know, let alone at a racetrack. You know, so there's so many opportunities, you know, so many short tracks around the world that I think would benefit greatly from, you know, just doing something different, doing something fun. Um, you know, I don't I don't think necessarily you, you have to keep these. You know, I, I don't want a Cup Series race at a Coliseum, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I'd take another another clash. I'd take a, a all star race, um, maybe somewhere, maybe somewhere a little bit easier to pass. Um, would it be my only gripe for the Coliseum? Um, but I mean, yeah, the possibilities are endless, and I think it's a super, super fun idea. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm looking forward to what they come up with 2023. I wasn't for it um, in November and December, uh, even even January. But you know what? I turned that TV on in February and was like, as dumb as I thought this was going to be, this is fun. You know, it, it was cool. Um, you know, it was nice to have a little bit different atmosphere. Um, yeah, it, it, it was neat. I, I give them a good job for that. And I don't normally credit NASCAR for a lot of things, um, but they, they did a good job on that. It's an exciting time to be a NASCAR fan. That's for sure. Um, back to Sunday. Um, anything that really caught your eye or stood out to you on Sunday? Um, I think the biggest thing on Sunday was you kind of see the progression of the guys learning this new vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you'll continue to see that progress throughout the year. But I would say, you know, job a green flag there, maybe at 80%, you know, uh, after stage one, they're probably at 90. And then once that final stage started, you kind of started seeing more mistakes, which was super, super nice. Um, the one thing that I did kind of miss um, is I really wanted to see some green flag pit stops. So that's one thing that I that I kind of missed a little bit. I wanted to see how the pit stops would be under green flag ac action um, with the new with the new rules and the new uh, single lug. So, um, but yeah, no, all in all, it was pretty good. Definitely looking forward to uh, Las Vegas this week, seeing how the car does there. Um, but what can you say? In California, five, six lanes, seven lanes sometimes. Uh, I'm sure if you, that you let them, they'd use that little piece of uh, asphalt between the grass and the wall going down the front stretch. Um, all in all, it's a, it's a really cool, really cool place. Glad it's not going to be a short oval anytime soon, because I think, uh, I think they did a good job with the package. And I think the, the race is pretty good. Um, you, you can't, you can't hate when there's a bunch of passing, you know, 32 lead changes, uh, you know, a bunch of people that had a chance to win. You, you can't really be upset as a race fan watching that. So, 
definitely, definitely was probably, I would say, the best California race that I can, um, I can remember since maybe early 2000, like tens, mid 2010s when that when the COT first came out. Um, so I gotta say that was that was a that was a really really good race. And you mentioned the pit guns. I want to kind of transition over into that because. Um, I don't know if the TV did it justice, but um, just sitting in the stands pre-race and listening to them warm up the guns, i not even kidding. Caught me off guard so bad when I heard it. I was like, uh, what? What is that? And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's the new guns. It, it literally sounds like an IndyCar or a GT3 gun, which, I mean, it, it pretty much is, but it, it's just weird to hear that at a NASCAR race. Um, yeah, and- I can I can imagine. It's not something that deters me. I want to make that very clear. It was just something that caught me off guard at first. And as you hear it more, I feel like it's something you'll get used to. Um, I know that we lost a wheel. Someone lost a wheel. Do you remember who that was? I do not. I, I, I remember uh, I remember hearing about it on the broadcast. And then I remember uh, it lighting up on Twitter about how uh, one lugs are terrible. We need to go back to five. Uh, I think it was 13 Todd inch Gillen, wheels actually. are the way to go. Um but beyond all the nonsense of people not liking change, uh, I, I unfortunately did not pay attention on who, whose car it came off of. If um, I remember correctly, it may have been Todd Gillen, but I'm not entirely sure. I think it was a great car. But but the, the one thing I do I am concerned about is that it does seem to be an easy issue. You know, yeah, it seems like it's easy to fix, but it also seems like it's an easy issue that's going to continue to happen. Yeah. I, as, you know, as we get, as these teams get more and more comfortable, I would imagine with how it feels to put the tire on and off, we may see less of that. We may not, you know, I don't, we don't know. This is literally the second race of the season, the second time that they've had to do live pit stops. So, yeah. um, I, we really can't say until we probably get, you know, seven or 10 races in, we'll have to see how, how bad of an issue this is. Um, once a race, I mean, that's still a bit too much, but um, again, I, I I expect that that will go down as we we get more comfortable, but who's to say? So, um, yeah, I think that happened pretty early, too. But um, the one good thing that I was happy to see, by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, um, was that that happened to Justin Haley at the uh, Daytona 500. I believe that they had appealed that penalty, the four race suspension, and I believe they won that. So really, I believe so. I believe the penalty was deferred. So um, I'm glad to see that they're listening. And I kind of expected that to happen with Haley. I expected them to appeal that since there were no penalties for Penske and RFK which, on their tires. Which I, w- I was just about to chime in. If they weren't going to penalize them for modifying the wheel to be safer. You can't penalize somebody for not modifying it and it coming off. Yes. But to add on to that, I am glad to see that they did not penalize them only because, as you said, it was for safety. But in my opinion, that shows that NASCAR is willing to listen and willing to learn about these parts. Um, Granted, Penske and RFK had to do it for them to finally put it into NASCAR's eyes. But the fact that there was no penalty and they actually took it back and they I don't know if they put it into effect, but they at least went back to the manufacturer and kind of talked it over on whether it would be a good idea or not shows me that we're it, it's definitely a much different nascar where before it was black and white um you know it's a rule it's not a rule where now of course it's because everybody is still learning with this new next gen car but i'm glad they're not 
slamming the door in everybody's face as much as they used to with some of that stuff. They're willing to listen to why they're doing it. They're willing to look at the data and see, you know, why they're doing it. So um, that was refreshing to see. And I was really happy to see it because if you do penalize them, then you're kind of shunning. I mean, it's a stock part. You can't penalize them. Yeah, you can't penalize them and then put it into effect the next week. Exactly. So good to see that. And again, I'm glad to To see that. What's up? To kind of stay on that topic, Mm -hmm. um, the the one thing I am glad that they are black and white on is the modifying of the car. You know, we've seen a couple, you know, two weeks in a row now where it's been, hey, you know, you're losing a lap. Yeah. You know, hey, you're you're getting a fine. Um, as much as I wasn't looking forward to NASCAR taking the uh, the craft out of the, you know, builder's hands of who built the, the fantastic race cars that we've all loved for the past, you know, 70 years. Um, but if they're going to do this, then I'm glad that that is black and white. You know, you break anything, you change anything, you're gone. You know, yeah. you, you're losing a crew member. You're, you know, got to do a pass through. So that's one thing. Um, again, I'm glad that's black and white, and I'm glad they're 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 going to stick to that. Um, but I'm also glad, like you said, that when it comes to a safety modification or something that'll make something better um, for the product for the fan, I'm glad that they did listen. Yeah. And just to piggyback off what you were talking about with the uh, penalties and stuff, can we just talk about Kurt Busch real quick? 133 green flag passes. passes. Oh, my gosh. That dude was on a mission. And I was not expecting that. But, um, yeah, that was uh, impressive is probably not doing it justice. That was was badass, I think, is the the proper term for that. And I don't even think the car was that good. None of the Toyotas were that. So the fact that he passed 133 cars went back to the back – you know, twice. I mean, uh, you know, anybody that says that Kurt Busch can't drive a race car or he's washed up, you know, hasn't, I mean, any, every team the guy goes to instantly gets better. You know, yep. he may not go out and win 10, 15 races, but that car goes from a 20th place car to a 10th place car to a fifth place car it wins one race, you know? So I, I think, I think that's, that's pretty, like you said, 133 green flag passes. If you didn't tell me that, and I didn't see it, you know, with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> on that note, um, let's, uh, let's go through the results actually top 10 here. Kind of, we'll get an idea of where everybody finished because there was a, there was a lot of names that were, you know what? Yeah. There were a lot of names up at the front throughout pretty much the entirety of that race, which was nice to see. It was, uh, the parody that you were hoping to see, um, and that was, that was part of why I call this new car a success already, because it already showed that, you know, I, I don't know much, so much for Tyler Reddick because that dude was already pretty much knocking on the door for his first victory, you know, through 2021, maybe not as much, but he was pretty close. A lot of races, um, the fact that he was up there from what I saw in the clash, obviously that's a different track, but based off what I saw there, Daytona, you can't really base off anything. Um, that, that team is already, he's going to win a few races. This is his breakout year already calling it. Um, but people like Eric Jones, I thought that he was going to fall off. He still qualified second. He finished third. Like there's not enough people talking about this. I don't feel like I mean, that, that at, team. Just, just look at the top five. Yeah. Obviously Kyle Larson, you can't, 
you know, Kyle Larson's Kyle Larson. I'm making a prediction here right now, by the way. I had teased it, I think, in last week's episode. Kyle Larson is going to be the next Jimmy Johnson. I'm calling it right now. That dude, granted, he got lucky with this win, or this, yeah, this win with Tyler Reddick having the issues that he had, but that dude was up front all race. I thought, you know, this new car may sort of level everybody out. Nope, that dude is already back to his winning ways. This dude is going to be the next Jimmy Johnson. Maybe not a seven-time champion, but he's going to be... That is a bold prediction, my friend. He's going to be one of the greatest of all time. So just prepare yourself for that. He's finally in equipment that can match his driving style. Um, Yeah, expect this dude to be one of the greatest of all time. Just calling it now. Um, But yeah, he was the winner. Austin Dillon, second, by the way, came out of nowhere pretty much. Um, yeah. And he was, was running... fast. Yeah. Was fast. It's not like he was slow. He was yeah. fast. He, he was... You know, he made the last two laps Kyle Larson had to work for. Kyle Larson had the, uh, you know, preferred group, and Austin Dillon kept it close. And to be fair to Austin, he was in pretty much top 10, top 13, pretty much all race from what I saw, so... Um, it's not like it was just kind of out of the blue either. That car did have some speed. I think it just kind of all came together towards the end of the race. Obviously we talked about Eric Jones, like that team, it was, it was refreshing. I, we're probably going to use that word a lot <laughs> throughout the season, but it's just the best word to use because that team, obviously they went through a, I don't know if you would call it a rebuild, but obviously they went through a merger with, um, GMS racing, um, got a second car in there now. Um, which that car didn't run very well, which was a little disappointing to see based off the speed that Eric had. But um, nonetheless, third place said on the radio that, you know, if you guys keep bringing cars like that, we're going to win. And a hundred percent that dude was, that dude was on it yesterday. So um, not to mention even next to or below him, Daniel Suarez could have won the race if he hadn't gone low. Like you said, the top five, I mean, a year ago, if I was like, okay, you know, Kyle Larson coming off, uh, you know, a 2021 championship beats Austin Dillon, Eric Jones, and Daniel Suarez barely beats them. Would you have believed me no. that that was your that that was your top four? And it was a com- and it's competitive. It's not like they were they were slow. There was a bunch of accidents. They all ran in the top five, top ten all day. Yeah, on speed. You know, I, I had my doubts, again, about the new car. I still think there's a massive disparity between your, you know, really low-budget cars. I actually thought the BJ McLeod uh, and Matt Tiff team, I thought they would actually be better. I think right now they might be being held back by the driver a little bit. But I thought they would be a little bit closer to the front. But the mid-budget teams like, you know, your Petty, your, uh, Petty GMS um, and your RCRs, you know, fantastic runs for those guys track house second year already showing speed so um yeah that, that top five outstanding and like you said man it makes you look forward to say when is when is eric jones gonna get that 43 car back in victory lane when is daniel suarez gonna win a race because right now you're seeing it on a piece of paper you know and watching it on tv these guys have speed yeah and obviously you take it with a little bit of a grain of salt just because it's only the second race of the season, but it kind of makes you like think like if, if this continues, like they're, they're going to be serious contenders for wins. Um, so you can only really hope that they keep that up just because, I mean, it, it was so nice to see them run up front. It's names you don't see. And 
um, refreshing and it, it just just generally nice for those teams to know that um, they went out there. Those positions weren't just given to them by pure luck. They earned it all race, and um, maybe they make a few different decisions, and they could have been the ones in victory lane rather than Kyle yeah. Larson. So, um, and then you have Joey Ogana who came home fifth, but who cares, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what about Eric Amarillo? The dude half spun out twice, finished the sixth. Yeah. That car was sideways I mean, pretty much all weekend too, by the way. What? what how, many, how many laps to go? What was it? Like 44 laps to go, I think, Almarola uh, half spun out Yep. and finished sixth. You know, that just kind of shows you. Kevin Harvick backed his car into the wall, didn't go to a backup. They put new pieces on it, finished the seventh. I want to add Daniel, on to Harvick real quick, by the way, because there Daniel was, Hemrick, there was points know. at that point or at that race where I looked up at the scoring pylon and I saw him 20th, and I was like, oh, damn, Stuart Haas is just – it's the bad season just continues. But look at the end of the race. He's seventh. So not to mention, by the way, we'll probably talk about him later, but um, how about uh, Chase Briscoe? He was up there at one point contending Until for that, that win. bad pit stop. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so there, there were so many guys that you don't normally see at the front that were up there that <laughs> – I would have loved to see Chase finish well because he was definitely one of those guys where I was like, oh, man, he has a legitimate shot at this. So yeah. nice to see. But um, as we did with the Xfinity series, I want you to tell me your most surprised, um, you know, driver and then your most disappointing driver. I would say we already talked about the surprises with, the you know, the big names. I would probably say my biggest surprise, it might be a tie between Kevin Harvick and Daniel Hemrick. Kevin Harvick, just because he was mired back all day, but more so, my pick would probably be Daniel Hemrick, actually. Six laps down at one point, um, was pretty much listening to Kyle the entire race, and I know him and um, Daniel were pretty much there, you know, battling for those dogs that never came, but um, that dude was six laps down at one point, came all the way back, finished ninth, like, I that's that's pretty remarkable and the one that really surprises me um that's gonna be a tough one it may uh go ahead and say it just say it well I don't think it's the guy you're thinking of but it might be William Byron just because he took himself out down the back straightaway I didn't really you understand mean he, that you mean he I racing it that's yeah. what he did yeah he drove it he drove into a parked car that dude literally I mean granted um I Reddick was uh, probably a lane and a half down from the wall, but he was nowhere near in the middle of the racetrack. And uh, yeah, William Byron pretty much was like, hey guys, let me be a part of this too. And uh, took himself out. So um, yeah, not a great showing from William Byron. Who's one of those guys up front that could have contended for that win. So yeah. essentially took himself out of a good finish for nothing. I This is from an outsider's perspective. I was going to say a guy sitting on the couch. I was sitting in the stands, so Butt was in a different spot, but yeah. um, that that's pretty much what it looked like. Again, yeah. I'm not in the car, so something different may have happened. He may have been fighting something. I don't know, but from the outsider's perspective, it looked like he just put himself in the wall, so I would yeah. hope that I'm wrong, but that's what it looked like. Um, In my two, uh, you actually took mine. I was, I was going to say Daniel Hemrick, so um, I will go to my backup. Um, he didn't get the finish uh, that I think he had the speed of, but super impressed with that 47 car two weeks in a row. Um, oh, yeah. was one of the best cars at Daytona. Um, and 
I've I've never you know been a uh, a Recky Spin House fan, but <laughs> I gotta give it to him. He ran really really good all race at one point in time. Uh, you know he was running you know top three top two lap times. Um, and then my biggest my my disappointment again, not who I thought you were going to say and not who you thought I was going to say. Um, but for me, it's actually the seven car. Um, I thought with mm. it being um, a second year with that team with Corey LaJoy, because I think Corey LaJoy has has immense ability and to be a top, you know, a top 10, you know, top 15 guy. Yeah. And especially with who's behind that car with Steve Letarte, um, uh, you know, and, and the people they have with that team and the sponsors they have, they have got they have sponsors that love Corey LaJoy that put, you know, money into it. Um, who's you do see his face around, you know, um, especially on his race car. But I'm surprised they didn't have any speed at Daytona. They didn't have any speed at the Clash. You know, I would expected them to have more speed at the Clash than I did uh, Cody Ware. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. Cody Ware goes out there, you know, almost makes the show. Corey LaJoy, nowhere to be found. Um, so that one to me is, I think, the biggest disappointment because I actually had a lot of expectations. And I know... You know, he finished one spot behind Keselowski and two spots behind Elliott. But those guys all crashed. Yeah, I was going to say, circumstances. It it just, it doesn't seem like that seven car has the speed uh, that I thought it would, especially with the connections that they have with Steve Letart. Um, and I believe Eddie DeHaunt has has a stake in that team as well. So with 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 those people, I, I thought that that car would be better. I, I think it almost performed better last year. Yeah. So I think I think that's that's so far my season my my disappointment for this race um is is a seven car. Do you think they get better as the season goes on or do you see them staying the same? I I, I don't know. Um I had the um I don't know if you listen to the Dale Jr podcast. I do actually. Um, yeah. And when they had Steve Latart on he was talking about the seven car. Um so you know, listening to him that they have this big plan of how they're going to do this, how they're going to build a winning organization, um, which plans are all well and good. But if you're finishing 28th, you know, when you supposedly saved all your money for this new car and you're not fast at Daytona or, you know, I, I don't even remember, you know, you know, what, uh, what do you qualify? 20, 25th. So we, you know, qualified right around where he finished. Uh, you know, you can say kind of look at the cars around him. You know, Michael McDowell, you know, he qualified 23rd. But I, I just had so much more expectations for that seven car, especially with the people behind it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not one of those cars that I, um, I don't even think I saw it at any point, maybe going down pit road, but that was about it. So, um, yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you there. I think that, if they can get that team right, um, Corey LaJoy is a guy that you'll probably be hearing from um, in the future. But obviously, you got to get uh, those finishes up. But I will say that, again, we are only two races in. Everything could change. We have no idea yep. where everything is going to go. So everything could turn 180 with how it's running now. We'll have to wait and see. Nothing. This is. I, I think I said this at the very beginning of the 2022 podcast. This, this is a brand new era. Nothing that you know knew about NASCAR is the same. You have to go in with a brand new mindset. So um, we don't know what could happen. Um, only time will tell. 
So I do, I do have one, one thing too is, um, so I have my, so Chevy, I think right now, uh, have the best package. I, th- I think right now they're, they're the best next gen car so far. Um, but what really worries me, especially, you know, being a Toyota fan is the Toyota's, you know, they were, they were quick and qualifying. It seemed like, but like, it seems like once the green flag dropped, they just, they just fell like a rock. Yeah. You know, they had overheating issues. It almost seems like they're, you know, not prepared almost, you know, they were, you know, they were, they were so much, I, they were, they seemed like they were slow, you know, and they're always kind of slow at Daytona by themselves, but it just seemed like even in the draft, they were still a little bit slower than, than I kind of expected. They didn't have, you know, Denny Hamlin didn't seem as dominant as he normally is in a plate race. Um, you know, it just kind of seemed like, it seems like Toyota, in my opinions, you know, I think they're, you know, on the back foot right now. I don't, I don't think they, uh, I don't think they really have a, a good package. Uh, I don't think they've quite figured out whatever's going on. Um, but I mean, how, how is it that only the Toyota's overheat? You know, that is that a fundamental problem? Can they not run as much? Uh, I know they don't run tape anymore, but uh, I think they, they run some type of blocker that's back there um as what i was hearing on the on the broadcast but are 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 they not able to run as much as all these other teams so they're going to be naturally slower you know so so i think i think that's one big big thing for me is uh i think i think right around probably in august i think we'll start seeing uh teams kind of catch up but i'm curious to see how the the toyota's definitely bounce back in the next few weeks yeah for sure all right. Well, uh, Michael, final takeaways from the weekend, um, both Xfinity and Cup. Um, yeah, final takeaway. Uh, I, I think you've said it the whole time. You know, it's refreshing. Uh, it's nice to have NASCAR back. It's nice to have something new. Um, you know, it's just, it's nice. You know, uh, you know, we've had a few, you know, gens in, in, in our lifetimes, uh, Gen 5, Gen 6, and now the, the Gen 7. We were mid Gen Four, um, you know, when when we both came into this glorious world we call uh, home. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's nice. I don't think that I was excited for uh, the the box car. Um, you know, the the Gen Six. You know, they had that you know good look to them. They were they were pretty sporty. But this right here was such a drastic change. I think that it just made everybody a little bit more excited. Um, and you tune you tune in every week. Now I hope that doesn't fade away. I hope that newness doesn't rub off, kind of like a new relationship. Once you get past three or four months, it's like, all right, I'm bored. You know, I'm bored. Uh, so hopefully we can keep this longevity going. And man, if we do, if we can uh, get a different winner every few weeks and and go into the the summer with a really, really big uh, you know big hit, there's a lot of there's a lot of good racetracks. If you look at the schedule, there's a lot of lot of good racetracks. Um, from August, you know, going, going to Phoenix. So a lot of variety, a lot of fun. Um, so I think if we can make it to August with some, you know, enthusiasm still in it and, you know, uh, you know, good, some good shows, uh, you know, it's just, like you said, it, you don't want to get too far in front of yourself on thinking that this is going to be the best car ever, that every week is going to be, you know, 32 lead changes. Um, it's not, some guys are going to hit it. Um, you know, some teams are just going to blow the field away some weekend. You know, we're not going to know why. You know, we're not smart enough to know why. Um, 
but I, I just hope that everybody kind of keeps the enthusiasm. Man, love NASCAR, man. Love racing. It's fun. Uh, you know, I know a lot of us are, are you know, watching IndyCar, you know, getting excited for Formula One. Man, it's it's a fun time to be a race fan. Just enjoy it. Enjoy who's who's running. Enjoy the guys we have on the field right now. Um, you know, it's just, you know, enjoy. You know, you miss all these guys that have went on and retired. Enjoy the people you have. Find find new people to root for, especially in a time like this where it's wide open. You know, Austin Dillon, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, you know, Daniel Hemrick ninth, you know, Ricky Stenhouse tenth. So um fun. It's rejuvenating, it's refreshing. I'm super excited for Las Vegas and I'm super excited to watch practice. Well put. Yeah. Um, I think uh, safe to say that uh, I don't know if we'll be configuring auto club at this point. So happy I hope to not. say that. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, that was to be determined that track repave um, just because of COVID kind of threw everything for a loop with um, budgets and stuff like that from what they said. But I hope I'd- that's the only thing that costs more money. Yes. I don't foresee them changing it, nor do I foresee them repaving it. That I'm going to be honest with you, that track is not ready to be repaved yet. It's it's abrasive, yes, but it's not at a state of disrepair at this point like Atlanta was. Um and there's there's some people that will probably still fight me on that statement, but the track was coming up. It was um they were pretty much working on it every year just to keep it in the shape that it was. So, um a lot of work that was, but Auto Club is at a point where Yes, it's bumpy. Yes, it's abrasive. But I have not seen, you know, patches or anything like that with that track that we've been needing to repair or anything like that. Weepers are an issue, yes, when there is rain. But um, that's probably the worst that we have it there at this point. Um, I will say the facility is a little outdated. I'm not going to lie. Like the one thing I noticed that I don't know if anybody else would have if you weren't at the track they used to, on the suites just behind Pitt Road, they used to have black and white like text screens that they would display information like Fast Slap or New Leader or something like that. They actually covered that with banners, um, both the top and the bottom ones. So I don't know if they decided that that was just too outdated or if they stopped working or what the deal was. But um, I would have hoped that maybe they would have replaced that. Um, they need bigger screens there. I will say that. Um, and other than that, yeah, it's just a, the, the amenities inside the infield need to be remod or it's time to revamp that a little bit. It needs a little bit of that Daytona rising treatment, if you will. Um, on the outside though, where the fan zone is, is and everything, that's fine. Keep it the same. There's nothing really wrong with that, but, uh, oh, actually one thing I want to point out that track. They need to do something about that cell reception. I don't know if it's just because of the amount of grandstands. I had five bars on 5G, could not do anything. Couldn't load Twitter, couldn't load a web page. They had these things, like they would scan a QR code, and you could load a web page to play along with whatever games they were doing. Couldn't even do that, because there was no reception. So um, (gasps) they need to do something about that. That's that's been an issue forever, which we kind of just chalked up to, you know, maybe the the radios. It's the mountains, but also some people thought like maybe it's the radios like interfering with stuff like that. We went to the clash, no issues. We went to Fontana, couldn't even load anything. So same thing, same thing happened to to me last year at Bristol. Been going to Daytona my whole life. Always have cell reception. Went to Bristol one time. I couldn't even read a text message. Yeah. So need to fix that. I'm not saying that you need to put in Wi Fi like they did at ISM, but 
they need to do something about that. And if that's the solution, so be it. It's not it's not going to be a huge overtaking, I feel, because there's really only one part. There's just the the grandstands down that one straightaway, pretty much, that you would need to do, and maybe a little bit of the fan zone. That's it. So, um, obviously, the infield could be separate, but that's a, that's a different issue. So, um, yeah, loved Fontana. Safe to say that it's staying a two-mile track. Happy to say that I have, even though we didn't go there in 2021, I've continued the streak of going every year since 2013, and I will continue to continue that streak up until they do not race at Auto Club, if that day ever comes. So, um, you know, my outlook on it before with the repave or the reconfig was, I don't care if it's uh, a road course, I don't care if it's a short track, I don't care if it's a super speedway, I don't care if it's a mile and a half. If they keep going to Auto Club, I will go there. So, um, loved my time at Auto Club, always do. Um, but now it's time to sit on the couch like the rest of y'all and uh, watch these uh, Fox broadcasts from home. And uh, I uh, I made my comments last week about the Daytona broadcast. Um, it wasn't great. It didn't sound like it was too much better from Auto Club. It sounded like Matt Kenseth did a great job, which was nice to see. I heard they had Very Mark nice. Martin in the booth, which was fun. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah, so it's nice. I. I actually like um, I actually like, you know, that with with them only having the two of them up there that doing the rotating panel. Um, I think that's one of the you know most fun things about the Xfinity broadcast is it may not be a great broadcast, but it's nice to have refreshing faces up there every, every once in it's a while. Think, you get a different used. you get a different take. You know, Matt Kenseth was his dry humor, you know, um, you know, and then you get Clint Boyer up there with Matt and it's you know it's it's just funny it's it's nice to to have them up there um but one thing i think uh before we sign off and i think we should make a tradition on going forward um i need your pick to win the xfinity race at las vegas oh hang and... on pal we got oh. we we got a whole weekend schedule to go over that's what oh. i was gonna finish oh. with oh oh carry on <laughs> someone someone didn't read on. the pamphlet no i'm just kidding um pamphlet. yeah that's 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 actually what I was going to go into was um, I wanted to go over the weekend schedule, wanted to recap that. I wanted to yeah, get your get your take on that. You're and, taking uh, you're taking a big guess that I can read. I know, right? Like I'm from I'm from Florida. Oh man. Nah, that's that's my bad. Um <laughs> yeah. But no, um going through the the weekend schedule here. Uh Friday, March 4th, 4:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh we got practice for the trucks, which I will say I did not understand the practice and qualifying format. Um, I've heard they're different for trucks, qual or um, trucks Xfinity and Cup in terms of, like the amount of rounds. I don't know why you need that. Just make it uniform. Don't make it complicated. But thirty minutes. Um, there you go. Yeah, hmm. thirty minutes. Everybody out there, and yeah. then you can roll into qualifying. You can keep the rounds for qualifying. I don't care. That's Just fine. why rounds for practice. Just add the two fifteen minutes together. Have thirty minute practice and call it a day. Exactly. So, anyways, that's our rant about that. Um, I'm glad I understand it now. I will say that. It didn't make much sense on paper, but seeing it in person, it makes sense now. I'm fine with it. Again, I wish they would not have two groups for practice. I'll live with it. It's whatever. It's not, gonna, it's not the end of the world. Um, but, yeah, Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We got practice for the truck series, and then rolling right into that, as we just mentioned. Uh, we got qualifying, five or uh, eight. There we go. No, it is five. That's weird. Um, five th or five Eastern time, uh, and then 
about an hour and a half after that, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Xfinity practice rolls right into qualifying at 7. And then 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, the Victoria's Voice Foundation 200 for the Camping World Truck Series coverage on FS1 and MRN. Um, I guess we'll start with that. I don't really, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not too familiar with the truck, um, you know, the, the faces in that truck series this year, but um, what are I'll your... let you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first since you don't really know the truck field and I'll let you pick uh, oh the obvious pick. Yeah. I, I should have done more research on this, but um, I have not been, the trucks have been fun to watch. I don't think I've been in tune ever since Ron Horner day left. I will say that. So um, it's a, it, right now is a good time to watch. There's a lot of, there's a lot of new, yeah. new faces, a lot of new places. And I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a fun year. I will say part of that is just due to what I've the the downcline, I guess, in the the racing quality there. But um, I digress. I'm hoping this year will get better. But um, I don't know. You got some good names in there. Ben Rhodes. Um, you know what? That's going to be my pick. I think I don't know. No, he wasn't last year, but I know in the 27 truck he had a win there. So that's my pick. Ben Rhodes. I know John Hunter Nemechek's probably going to win, but my pick is Ben Rhodes. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I, I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, the 18 truck. I'm actually going to go with Chandler Smith. I like the way that he ended the year. Um, it seemed like he got better and better throughout the year. I was a little worried. We were going to have a, another Todd Gillen situation, uh, over there and a Harrison Burton on our hands, but, uh, <laughs> I definitely like the way that he finished out the year, um, ran really well and made a good statement at, you know, at the end there at Phoenix. So, um, I'm going to not pick the obvious pick and I'm going to go with the uh, Chandler Smith and the safe light JBL Toyota Tundra really quickly. I want to get your thoughts on the new Tundra. Cause I, oh, uh, I am, I think uh, it's sexy. Oh really? Okay. Cause I have a completely, I am 180 on that spectrum. Really? I, uh, I, uh, that's yeah. It's to me, at least it's not a good looking truck, but it'll probably grow on me. But yeah, that is, uh, I think, I, I think, I think, I think they're cool looking. I, the only one I don't like, I like the Ford. I think the Ford looks good too. I actually think they ruined the Chevy. It looks like it's squinting at me. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's also not no. great. It's not as good as last year's. Yeah, for sure. But I I, I, I love the toy. I love the new Tundra. I think uh, I think it brings more brand identity into the truck series. Um, and it just it adds a little bit extra. You can tell the difference between a Ford, uh, Toyota, and a Chevy. You know, and yeah. I think that's that's so big for for our sport is that brand identity. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I actually do like the front end of the Toyota. I think it does look pretty good. And I think it'll look really good in victory lane uh, on the 18 on Friday. There you go. Called a shot right there. All right. Well, that's your schedule for Friday. We'll move into Saturday for March 5th. Don't have too much going on there. Actually. Of course, as you know, we just, or uh, Xfinity is going to practice and qualify on Friday. Um, Saturday, you got practice for the Cup Series at 1.30 Eastern Time, and then qualifying right after that, uh, kind of at 2.05 p.m., a very strange time, but that's what we're rolling with. So uh, 2.05 Eastern Time for qualifying, practice on FS2, qualifying on FS1, so you'll have to change the channel. That's fun. Did you have to do that for qualifying and practice for Fontana, by the way, or was it all on the same channel? It was on. It was it was a two and a half hour window. Um, Interesting. That I I wasn't home for it. Um, I was worried about it. 
Uh, so I just I recorded the practice and the practice led right into the qualifying. Um, so it was a two and a half hour window. They did 15 minutes, took like a 20, uh, 20, 25 minute break um, to do some talking, some commercials, which I don't know how you need more commercials, but yeah, I digress. Um, and then right in the qualifying, which which that was actually really nice. I, I do. I do enjoy that. Again, the rounds were kind of unnecessary for practice. Just give them 30 minutes. But just real quick to go back to the truck series, one thing I did did miss, and I just now noticed um, that Ryan Priest will be in the 17 truck for David Gillen Racing oh, on okay. Friday night. So I think that'll be another good one. But um, but yeah, it was a two and a half hour window. I thought it was a pretty good um, pretty good deal, um, especially um, if if it's going to be on Saturday here, rolls right into uh, the Xfinity race, correct? Yeah. So, all right. well, actually, not too much. It's actually going to be um, about two hours after. Well, that's not bad. Maybe, that's maybe not an bad hour thing. after, actually, because qualifying, at least from what I saw um, at Fontana, it's going to take at least an hour, an hour and a half. So, yeah. actually, it's probably going to roll right into it. Yeah, you're, you're probably Good. right. So, um, yeah. But I, I would like to see them on the same channel. I would assume it's some sort of scheduling conflict. I don't know for certain. That's just kind of what I'm assuming. So, um Anyways, yeah, different channels for practice and qualifying, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, after that, you have at 4.30 Eastern time, the Xfinity Series race, the Alsco Uniforms 300 on FS1, uh, radio coverage on PRN, and then Sun, or actually, yeah. So let's get your picks for that. Michael, I'll let you start first. Ah, that's, ooh, this one, this one's a tough one. Uh, I'm, I, I want to pick ty gibbs i want it to be the obvious pick um but i'm i'm gonna shoot uh i think i'm going to actually take probably your pick um and i'm gonna pick josh barry all right well if you're not gonna pick that low-hanging fruit i will uh ty gibbs is gonna win um my second choice was gonna be noah gregson by the way because really uh, i would like to see him win at his home track home track wins are fun so that's true and then yeah after that you got sunday march 6th 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Pennzoil 400, of course, on Fox, uh, radio coverage on PRN. Uh, Michael, I'll let you go first again for the Cup Series. Hmm. Ah, first mile and a half, a by the way, one. with this new car. Ugh, yeah, that's... Oof. Do we use... Is, is Auto Club a really good reference? I would that's, say no, but... That's the I question. Mean, it gives you a little, a small sample size. I will say that. Hmm. Ah, uh, let's see. I really, I really, of course, as as a Cowboys fan, I really want to pick KB, but I think I'm going to save that for later in the year. I just don't think the Toyotas are very good right now. Um. So I'm gonna, I'm going to take Air Jones. Interesting choice. I'm gonna go was... out on a, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna take. I think the speed continues. Um, I think they got a little bit more in them. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that 43 car. I'm gonna kind of roll on your philosophy there. I'm gonna pick the guy who should have won Auto Club, Tyler Reddick, gonna get his first win at Las Vegas. Um, and if not there, he's gonna win at some point. Just just yeah. if you don't like him, just mentally prepare yourself for that. Which I don't know how you couldn't like Tyler Reddick. He's probably one of the funniest people in the garage area. So. Um, and the shortest yes and uh and a trooper by the way i don't know if the um 
TV had covered it, but I know he had some sort of issue with his leg in the car. Yeah. And uh, I think he said at one point the seat was squeezing him, but yeah, he said uh, he said he'd been working out too much in the in the winter and his legs were too big. Well, there you go. And still went on and almost won that race, even with his leg falling asleep. So, uh, yeah, how can you not get behind that? Dude's a trooper. So that's uh, that's all we got, at least for the schedule. Michael, before we go, uh, final thoughts on uh, on anything, I guess. Vegas Auto Club. What you got? Um, I'm actually going to go completely different route. Uh, super, super excited for uh, the start of the IndyCar season. Um, fantastic race. Fantastic winner. Um, looking forward to F1 at the end of March. Uh, really, really looking forward to... Uh, man, it's going to be such a, such a good year for racing. There's a, so much a, a, a new stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you watch uh, any Supercross, but Supercross has been fantastic. I actually went to San Diego. Uh, so, but I mean, every race, every race has been fantastic and, and super cross, you know, IndyCar I think is going to be pretty good this year, especially with uh, JJ running the ovals. Um, you know, Indy is going to be fantastic as always. And then the new cars in F1. So I think this is a massive year for, uh, for us as race fans. Um, it's a chance to get away from, you know, what our favorite, you know, racing series is and kind of branch out a little bit into something new. Um, so I'm super, super excited about. 2023 as as racing in whole and the last thing that i'm gonna say is do you remember in three wide when you and i made the same poor choice and agreed upon it to start in pit lane at darlington because we all thought they were gonna hit the wall in lap one and crash and they did not do that and we looked like morons i think i remember this was this 2015 or 16 I believe it was 2015. It was the first throwback race, and I believe you ran a Jeff Gordon throwback. Was this 20? Okay, 2015 A or B? It was the Xfinity cars. Okay, so I think it was probably A because I know you and I ran along yeah. or ran a lot together. I yeah. do remember we that. Made, yep, we made the like... poor choice to to look like two two dummies. Yeah. So. But that just gives everybody a little insight on our relationship. Um, we we typically get along pretty good. Uh, we did a little few broadcasts here. We, we raced a little bit online, ran into each other a lot for no reason other than we just were always around each other. Uh, so we get along. This is going to be a fun podcast. Excited, you know, to continue to do some more of it. Um, but again, uh, no. At closing thoughts, go ahead. What uh. What are you looking forward to in the next few weeks, few months, few years? I'm uh, like, I, I think I said it at the beginning of the season. I'm excited to be a NASCAR fan again. There was a point probably towards the end of 2021 when they had unveiled the next gen car and they showed the packages where I was pretty close to being done with the sport. And uh, I'm glad that took a complete 180. I'm glad that uh, I can actually talk about NASCAR with a smile on my face again, rather than bashing them into the ground. Um, I don't, I don't like to talk negatively about NASCAR, but when they mess up, I have to call them out and, uh, they have been on the up and up here recently. So, um, fun time to be a NASCAR fan. As you said, fun time to be a race fan. Um, lots of stuff happening. So, um, IndyCar, NASCAR, F1, as you said, starting back up. Also, if you haven't checked it out, check out some of the dirt racing stuff, Mav TV, Flow Racing, get some cheap subscriptions there. If you just want to watch some, some good Saturday night stuff. They got some good stuff on there. I've been pretty tempted to get the 
the Mav TV subscription. So and um, go to a local short track. Yes, they need absolutely. it. Go, go, go! It's fun. It, you're you're gonna have a blast. Have one of those terrible, terrible trackside hamburgers for you know fourteen dollars. The money, you know, goes into good pockets. You know, we need those small racetracks to survive. We need these guys. You know, like Kyle Larson, you know, uh, Tyler Reddick, you know, we need these guys coming out of these small racetracks. So, yes, um, get out, go Saturday night, Friday night. If you have, you know, 20, 30 bucks, you know, go, go, go take the family out, have some fun. Take some it's, friends. It's well worth it. You know, yeah, exactly. Invite some new people along. man. we need we need we need racing to grow in general. Um, and the only way to do that is to just get out there and, and show some support. That's probably the best way to get. If you have friends who don't really understand racing, who are never really into it, I did it with my friends. Take them to a race. doesn't have to be a NASCAR race. could be your local short track race. Have, you'll have a ton of fun there. Have some drinks. Have some fun. It, it's always a great time at those short tracks. Um, and it's a good way to kill a Saturday night with friends. So, um, yeah, go out and support your local short tracks. And before we wrap, um, yeah, just about Michael and I. Um, I think that, and I'm sure you remember this, I think it was Atlanta in the 2015 A season where we ran into each other. Um, we're probably mortal enemies at that point. I think we talked something over and then became the best of friends. And uh, and, and we ran into each other as friends. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, like I said, Full Throttle TV, did a little bit of commentating there. And uh, yeah. so glad to have you back here on this podcast, because I'm going to be honest with you. It's been this this episode. It's gone two hours. It's been nothing but a blast just talking NASCAR with you. Um, I've missed it, honestly. And uh, I am really looking forward to the rest of this season. Being able to talk some NASCAR, talk some F1, yep. talk some racing with you on Monday nights. Yep. going to be yep. a blast. It's, uh, it's it's fun. I'm excited. I've I've been wanting to do something similar for a long time. And saw that you uh put some stuff up and i'm like man uh you know i i think i think you need somebody to hang out with and talk to and i know that we got along pretty well um one last thing that i do want to say um is uh the past couple of weeks um i've met uh this guy um through i uh through iRacing through twitter um he became a, a personal iRacing sponsor of mine um and my endurance team with with levi and and stuff like that um he makes uh, novelty T-shirts, like iRacing, stuff like that. Uh, some of us have T-shirts that you can go out and buy. Um, but he makes some funny T-shirts. Uh, you know, he's, he's you know, just a guy trying to make some, make some, makes a little bit of cash. It's two, uh, 213simwear.com. Um, you know, they got, like, iPacing shirts, Arca Break shirts. Um, so if, if you want to have some fun with that, go check them out. Um, super, super nice guy. Helps us out. Um, and... Uh, talked about him you know bringing on coming on a sponsor to, to help the podcast so um go on there buy some t-shirts uh it doesn't doesn't help me out at all um so don't don't buy anything for for that reason but go on there help him out um super funny shirts i i've i've already bought a few um they're pretty funny so go on do there always help out the sim racing community um anybody that's putting effort out there that's for sure there you go Link will be in the description of this podcast as well to them. So check it out. Get yourself a shirt. Um, I'm all right. I just took a look and I did see that on Twitter. Um, you and uh, Levi mentioning that. And uh, actually, my first time taking a look, and I do see some stuff that uh, I may pick up myself. Great prices as well, I might add. So um, And he's adding more every single week. Well, there you go. So uh, I think I'm going to get myself some t shirts here. And that's not even a plug, that's a legitimate claim. Um, I'm going to have to bookmark this and uh, save it for later. So um, we'll take a look through there. Um, 
but yeah, that'll do it. We uh, pretty much talked our heads off. Um, th- again, thanks to Michael. Um, going to be a new member of this podcast. Look forward to, again, speaking racing with him every Monday night. And uh, yeah, uh, obviously these episodes go live Tuesday, so look out for that. And uh, now we have two opinions rather than just the one bland one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. It was a great time this week and uh, just looking forward to more of this as the season goes on so uh yeah um michael got anything else nope that's about it um awesome you know i'm michael and he's justin that's it and uh that's it for the 500 mile podcast this week we hope you enjoy the weekend at las vegas if you're going we have hope you have a great time um enjoy yourself with these next gen cars seems like it's going to be a blast looking forward to doing or seeing what they do on their first mile and a half obviously they excelled at the two mile auto club with it being worn out but it's first field debut on a mile and a half which takes up most of the season or yeah the season so um we'll have to see what it uh what it does and uh yeah looking forward to it so once again for michael skinner i'm justin cole we thank you for listening here and uh hope you tune back next week have a great rest of your week and uh looking forward to talking to you next week thanks guys